Are you an ambitious, driven entrepreneur starting to feel overwhelmed, maybe a little trapped by your business? Well, I have a solution for you. It is the five-day bottleneck to breakthrough challenge, where in an hour a day, we will give you the roadmap, the blueprint, the treasure map to where you can find yourself with more free time, more freedom of money, and a more valuable business. Hope to see you soon www.bottlenecktobreakthrough.com. Today, we're going to talk about growing your biggest asset. That's right. We're going to talk about how to make your business more valuable. This is The Real Bottom Line, where we tell entrepreneurial stories about true grit and perseverance from frontline business owners themselves. Now, let's get started. There are eight distinct drivers that can help you do that. So I want to talk about a story first. It's a story about Stephanie Breedlove. And Stephanie was an accountant and she worked at a really big firm in the States. And then she started a family. So she hired a nanny. Now in the US, what happens is to pay your nanny, there are countless rules, things to think about, all these holes to jump through and stuff like that. So what happened was she had a hard time figuring that out. And, but then she did. And so she ended up building a business around, uh, helping other people who employed nannies pay their nannies. And so when she hit about $30,000 a month in revenue, she left her job and focused full time, uh, on her breed love and associates. And there was at this time when she had to make some critical decisions. And that decision was, should she sell more stuff to parents? Because this is what we are taught a lot in business school and other places that, you know, you already have a client. So sell more things to that same client. Well, Stephanie actually decided to just stick to her knitting and focus, just find more parents with a nanny because she thought that was the way she wanted to focus. And what happened was after 25 years, she had built it up to 9 million in revenue and she had 10,000 customers. So by this time, her kids have left home and she's decided, you know, I kind of want to move on and do something different. So I think I should sell my business. So she looked around into the marketplace and found a company called care.com and they had 7 million parents who were subscribers. And what that company did was help them find nannies and babysitters. She approached them and talked to them about the fact that, you know, if 1% of your customers buy my payroll product, that's 70,000 customers. And that's my business times seven. So that size would that she's taken 25 years to build, they could probably do virtually overnight. And just imagine if they went to 2%. Ultimately, she ended up selling her $9 million company for $54 million. So this is an example of monopoly control. Because if you look at investors from Warren Buffett down, they want companies who have kind of a deep inside competitive moat. They're very differentiated product or service, and they are focused and own that market. And so Stephanie Breedlove was actually able to use that driver of monopoly control uh, to actually get more money uh, from a sales price. So think of it as a score, not a concept. And think of it like that cable package you buy. <laughs> you know, you want one channel and you end up getting 10 more. So when we talk about um, looking at our different drivers, 
when we have an assessment tool that we use that the average score on it is 59. And what's interesting is if people work at getting their driver score up to 90, they actually get a multiple that is twice the size. So if you score 59 or average, the average multiple that a business sells for is about 3.5. But if you have scored 90 plus, the average score jumps to 7.1. And this is huge. So it can materially impact how much you get for your company. It will also materially affect the number of um, offers you potentially get. So in the data, it shows that the average business value score has about 12.3% chance of getting a written offer. Whereas if you have a 90 plus score, you have a 33% chance. So it's really, really a big deal. So before we drive into the other drivers, I want to kind of introduce this thought process of the manager versus the owner. I think a lot of us as entrepreneurs actually think more like managers and entrepreneurs uh, and focus on distinct areas of our profit and loss sheet as opposed to maybe the bigger picture overall. So let's think about this for a second. The typical manager, you know, they went to school, they got lots and lots of education, whether they finished high school or college or somewhere like that. And then they learned how to manage a team of people. Then they also learned how to manage to different uh, performance metrics, whether that be sales or management of expenses or turnover, things like that. These are manager expenses and metrics. So what we have to think about too is if we start thinking like an owner, we care more about the bigger picture, about what these particular ingredients make. So how our sales affect our overall value, how our expenses affect our overall value, how our profit in the end does too. And so by focusing and shifting our mindset from that of a manager to that of an owner, and then focusing on our drivers, we're we're becoming very owner-operated looking at things and we're going to end up having a more valuable company because just what we focus on makes a big difference. So how can that affect you? So for example, if you have a company that has a profit of $800,000 and you're in that average multiple range of 3.5, that means your company is worth $2.8 million. Okay. So the multiple is kind of the number that reflects the drivers, if you will. So if the profit, if you can increase your profit by $100,000, what have you done? You have added $350,000 to the value of your company. So if we shifted that attention and started looking at the drivers instead. So if you had an $800,000 company or profit with a 7.1 multiple, Wow, your company is now worth $5.6 million. That is hugely different from 2.8. It also magnifies the effect of an increase of $100,000 in profit. So if you can change your profit back up to $900,000, you have now increased your your value by $700,000. And that is so, so key. Um, You know, we are often bombarded with just increase your sales, just grow bigger, 
cut your expenses. And we, and those are what we were kind of taught and heard about in the, in the media or in other places to actually focus on those pieces as opposed to the overall drivers of value. So if we start looking at the other drivers of value, the next one I'm going to talk about, about is a Switzerland structure. And Switzerland, as we all know, is considered the most neutral company country in the world. And so that is what we have been using as a way to explain that you are not affected by any one client, any one employee, or any one supplier. So how do you look for that? Is uh, predominantly your business controlled by one client? Do you have one client that represents more than 15% of your revenue, for example? Well, that can be very... Um, not neutral. If that client leaves, it can leave quite a hole in terms of your revenue and how your business is operating because it trickles down. So if we look at it from that perspective, we also want to evaluate our suppliers and our employees to make sure that no one of them has the lion's share of our supplies if possible, or uh, the lion's share of the work that we do in our company. Are you looking to boost your business value beyond just increasing profit? Introducing the Business Value Amplifier, a revolutionary 10-week program designed to help you uncover proven methods to enhance your company's worth. Discover how to transition from feeling unsure about maximizing your business value to becoming a savvy operator who deliberately and methodically pulls the levers of value building. With the Business Value Amplifier, you can expect to take control of your business's growth and be intentional about enhancing its value. Whether you're planning to sell or simply want a more vibrant, predictable, and lucrative operation, this program is for you. Don't miss out on this opportunity to amplify your business's value in just 10 weeks. Go to blackstarwealth.com amplify and apply for the Business Value Amplifier today. That's blackstarwealth.com slash amplify. Your business will thank you. And, you know, that kind of trickles down to you as the owner and who owns the client relationship. When we start out, we probably know everybody that who is a client. And the interesting piece here is, what multiple of your uh, did you get if you know every client versus you don't know all the clients? So if you know all the clients, the average multiple is about 3.76. Now, let's say you didn't. If you don't know your clients personally and you really get involved in serving an individual client, you really are a CEO type. Well, that multiple jumps to 4.54. So if that is also a little counterintuitive, where we're kind of taught to learn, hey, you should know all your clients, you should know them very well. But this, uh, when it comes to the value of your company, isn't helping. And if you do know every client, what uh, you might find is that you're actually in the owner's trap. And the owner's trap is where you become heavily relied upon to sell and deliver your product and services. You may start it as a primary salesperson interacting with the customers directly. Because you are the main salesperson, you are able to satisfy any additional requests that the customer has due to your deep level of expertise in the business. Well, this can easily push the business to offer too many products or services. And this variety of, off of offers then becomes only deliverable basically through you because you're the person that knows it all. So that is also a sign of the offer, that you're in the owner's trap. 
First, that you're the primary salesperson. And second, that you offer too many products and services. That means that you become the only person who can deliver, which is sign three, and that you're interfacing with the customers all the time. So what are some signs that you're in the owner's trap? Business slows down when you go away. Customers go to you only when something goes wrong. And at a certain point, what happens is that your revenue plateaus because if you're the person who has to sell it and deliver it, there are uh, levels of capacity that only you can deliver. So that can be very, very stressful. So, you know, to improve this uh, metric, which we call the hub and spoke, you know, one of the ways is to simplify your product offering. So instead of selling lots of things to a few customers, start selling one thing to a lot of people. It can make a big difference in terms of how dependent it is on you, the business on you, and also on how to improve your score on the monopoly. Now, Another big driver of customer value or company value is actually your customers and how would they score your business. So we're going to talk a little bit about Fred Reichelt. He is the guy who invented the net promoter score. And how he did that is that he is a researcher, a researcher. He digs deep into problems and he was doing all this research and all these uh, surveys of customers of big, big companies and finding that even though they scored high on these satisfaction surveys, it wasn't moving the bar. They were not outperforming the market, so to speak. And so he started drilling down. And what he found was there was actually one question that could actually be an indicator of whether you could outperform the market. And that was, would you um, refer your business, this business to someone else? And that made all the difference because the people who scored high on that actually did outperform the market. So you ask that question, you send out that, you send out a note and ask people your net promoter score. And if they scare you a nine or a 10, they are a promoter. If they score you in the seven to eight range, they're kind of passive. And basically zero to six is your detractors. So to figure out your ultimate score, you take your number of promoters and ignore your passives and subtract the detractors. And that will give you your net promoter score. So the average net promoter score in the world is 15%. So the higher you can get it, the better it is because it shows that people would either buy from you again or refer you. And it makes a huge, huge difference. One of the next driver we're going to talk about is growth potential. Well, let's think of it from this perspective. Um, For most entrepreneurs, you know, we're kind of, if we're ready to sell, we're kind of at the end of a really long marathon and we're about to pass the baton to someone who's going to start racing for the first time. And when we think about that, they have lots of energy, they are lots of ideas, they're ready to go. So we kind of want our finish line to be their start line. And we want to make sure that they can grow quickly and that they can actually have runway to make it even bigger. So they want to understand your growth potential as a buyer. And so we want to make sure that they can do that. One of the things to think about is, Question to answer is, how easy would it be to accommodate five times demand? If you um, say the average multiple again is 3.76, 
if for those business that it would be impossible to accommodate five times, think about a law firm or something like that where they have to staff up professional help, hire people, train them, get them into the system because you really are almost selling time. They receive a much lower multiple, say 2.94. Now, if you were in the software business, they would get a much, much bigger multiple because of that. And an example of this is a guy by the name of Rod Drury, and he founded Aftermail in 2004 to provide a better way for companies to store old emails. This was as a result of the whole Exxon mobile debacle where people and big companies now had to make sure they had an easy way to access older emails for different reasons. So he built this software. He went out and sold it to two Fortune 500 companies, and he generated $2 million in revenue from those two companies. And then he could have gone on a a quest and he could have built it and built it and built it. But instead, he found a company by the name of Quest, who was a software reseller. And he ended up selling after two years and just only two customers. He really sold that company for $35 million. And what he did is he made a case for the potential growth with that customer or with that software. They were already selling to the other 498 Fortune 500, and he had a tried and proven solution that they should be able to go out and sell again. So tons and tons of growth potential in that particular example. Recurring revenue. And when we think of that, we, a lot of times we think of software as a service, that type of thing where we pay a monthly subscription fee. And for a lot of business owners, we don't necessarily see right off the bat, where can we play in that? How is that possible? And there is a great example of this from a company by the name of H. Bloom. And they sold flowers. And they decided they wanted to do it differently. So what they wanted to do is create a subscription. But how they did it is they went and looked at all the segments of their of their uh, claim base. So people will buy flowers for special occasions and they will, you know, a good day, a bad day to celebrate, all those things. But what they realized once they started digging into the data was that fancy hotels, they buy flowers all the time to make their customers feel that they're in a fancy place. And so what they were able to do was take this average sale of a of a flower shop of to, from $29 to the $4,500 sale because now they had people who were buying those flowers every week and they had a regular reliable order. Another thing that by doing this, they were able to do is actually drive down costs. The average flower shop was throwing out 60% of their inventory and they drove that number down to 2%. And so when you look at that, they were able to build a subscription model by looking at their different client segments and building one of them out in such a way that it not only improved the predictability of their income, but it also reduced their expenses. And so those are the eight drivers. And here's how you can think about unlocking your business's full potential. So industry and revenue are important, but they're not the only things, which is one of the key things I'd like you to take away today. Also to focus on selling less stuff to more people, reducing your reliance on a single customer, a single supplier, or a single employee, 
drive up your net promoter score to over 50, leave some room for the next guy to make some money, and then create reoccurring revenue streams. If you are able to do that, those are just some of the drivers that will help you increase the value of your business. And on that note, if you would like to find out where you score on the drivers, I would invite you to take our assessment tool. And that is at blackstarwealth.com blackstash value. So please go over, find your score, see how you're doing on those things. So you can start to look at your business a bit differently and to increase the value of that business, shifting your mindset from mind, um, a manager over to the owner and being deliberate because at some point this entity is the thing that's going to fund your life after business. And we want to maximize that number. And that is the real bottom line. Thank you for listening to The Real Bottom Line. This show is produced by Black Star Wealth. Executive producer, Wendy Brookhouse. To learn more about the show or to contact us, go to blackstarwealth.com.